Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Vegas studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, all alone, filling you in on what's going on in the Geekverse. Decided to take a stop and sit and enjoy the, the, the splendor that is con life and the world of nerd as it unfolds in front of us. But it's kind of a sad day. It's a little, little, it's a little bit colder out there now. With what the the news that I'm about to break, and a couple of other things, things that have caught my eye, uh, my take on a couple of stuff, and my reactions to the first episode of Moon Knight, as uh, more and more people sound off on this particular series, I too have my my little Smurfberry worth of knowledge and wisdom and and response. So we'll get to that momentarily. But like I said, it's it's a colder day today. It's a little little chillier, a little nippier, and maybe a little less bright. As a a legend in the uh, con world um comes to an end after 45 years. It has been officially announced. Now this isn't a rumor. This isn't something that People are making up just for the sake of, you know, having drama. And that happens from time to time in the nerdverse. But this actually is legitimate. I received an email last night from Starfest. And some have heard of it. Some have been to it. Some have called it home for the last 45 years. And this email, as I'm about to read to you, I received last night, like I said, about 11 o'clock. And the email read as such. This is the last voyage for Starfest Denver. It's been our 45-year mission to bring science fiction fans together to seek out guests and exciting programming, to boldly go where no convention has gone before. We appreciate your support over the last 45 years and invite you on our final voyage, Starfest 2022. May the Force be with you always. Please share this news with everyone you know. We'd like to make sure that everyone gets a chance to come celebrate our final voyage together. Now this, to some, is a surprise. Some it is not. It's, it's difficult to say after the blip what, what's normal at this point, what con is going to survive, what con isn't going to survive. And the longevity that Starfest has had is remarkable i think the only other running longest running con in colorado is mile high con and they're in the 50 area this con has been home to so many friends people who became family and who always look forward to this i hear more stories of kids going when they were younger and smaller and then now bringing their kids to the con as well it has been a family festival of sci-fi and experience and cosplay and sharing everything that we enjoy about this world about sci-fi star trek star wars whatever side of the fence you may end up on it really didn't matter everybody came together under the same umbrella of loving a fandom and and experiencing it together 
over the years, there's been so many different moments, so many different guests. My uh, early memories of this con date back to the early 80s. Uh, and without giving away too much, um, it was my first my first experience as a con, and it forever shaped my my goals to having a con of my own to to view how it was done, and and it it shaped my perspective of what is possible and just to see the camaraderie and the way people would come together was was touching it was inspiring and even to this day there there are still people that even though they can't go they still watch from afar or have relocated and are just unable to make it or people even that still live here in town Every year there seems to be a conflicting schedule or something else as life has moved forward. It hasn't always been an option, but it's always been home. It's always somewhere that you can go at the end when the con season was whatever it was for you and get a chance to just hang out. I remember going and staying multiple times for the contest of the balconies, which was great because you, it started, I don't know how it honestly started. And I'm sure there's people that know the story behind it, but people started decorating the balconies that overlooked the atrium. And every year they got more intricate until they actually had a contest of who had the best balcony, who had the best design. I remember them doing puppet shows from one of the balconies one year. I also fondly remember uh, Brett later won and Jeannie winning the balcony with their TARDIS Godzilla. That still makes an appearance at Comic Fest from time to time and a couple of other cons. I also remember just kind of sitting there on the atrium myself just watching the night's festivities as the dance would go on or just hanging out, drinking, and enjoying the um, the environment. I remember one year uh, that we, we had a room... And we got the idea of dropping goldfish from the highest balcony, and I was below trying to catch it with my mouth. That was that was just a Friday night. <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, a dear friend of mine, I remember bringing her small child then to the con, and he got his first picture with the Orion Slave Girls. Uh, I don't know if that picture is still around, and I, I will have to reach out to them to find out if she still has it, but it is... It's moments like that that we all share together, and everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a take, and everyone has those moments of coming together in good times and bad. And we have seen many fall that we didn't expect along the way to lose. And it's in those moments that we decide that we are we are in this together. And it is, it is a, with a deep sadness that we now must say goodbye to, to Starfest and who knows what will take its place? Who knows if there will be a reunion tour? Who knows if Q will come back and snap it into existence? All of this remains unknown, unseen, and um, a little tug on the heartstrings. But know this, for the final go-out, for the big blowout, this is what is going to happen. There will be song, there will be dance, and there will be lots of toasts going on across the showroom floor. I myself will be there. Red will be joining me, and Susie will be in attendance. Not to mention, I'm sure, a couple of other friends that will probably want to tag along just to close it out in 
royal fashion. So as we close in on Starfest, which is in May, we will be sure to keep you up to date in what's going on. The official date is May 13th through the 15th at the Hyatt Regency DTC, which is located off of 7800 East Tufts Avenue, which is directly just down the street from where the the normal location has been for the last few years. But come check it out celebrate the 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 con as it was as it is and we'll always have a fun fun memory of just being there and being part of it even even being a vendor in all of the different incarnations that uh I've been there at in different capacities whether it be from retailer guest panelist host MC, whatever, whatever was called of me, I always answered. So uh, come join us, come say goodbye, and we look forward to seeing you in May. All right, now, sentiments out of the way. Nice drink of my coffee. What else is going on? So with that going on, I want to open up kind of like a new segment. I want to give it an opportunity, and I may regret this. Red says I'm going to. But uh, I want to start a new segment for the podcast, and I would like it to be Ask a Smurf. So if you have questions out in the Geek First, DM me. Uh, send me an email. Heck, just put it in the, the, the comments below, and I will be sure to... Um, pick a questions, pick a couple of questions, and answer them, and just kind of see where it goes. Might be fun, might not, might work. Who knows? <laughs> All I know is I think it'd be just kind of fun as there's so much going on in the Geekverse. There's different cons, there's different shows, and there's lots of different perspectives out there that I would like to take into account when giving you my take on different things. So shoot me some questions. Hit me up. Let me know what's going on in your mind, what the Geekverse pulse has got going on, and I will do my best to respond. This last weekend did get to do a busy weekend of events. The Family Fest at Wings Over the Rockies was spectacular, worked on my tan, and took a lot of pictures with kids with the Ecto. Red also did some sales for books and everything else, and it was an absolute success. Loved it. Then, on Sunday, was the uh, Wicked West Comic Expo up in Loveland. That was just like a reunion. We went, we hung out with everybody. We haven't been able to see Touch Base Got a lot of good information of things that are coming, things I can't talk about yet that were um, told to me in confidence, so I can't break that. But Todd put on an amazing con. Everybody was happy. Everybody walked away from their feeling feeling better and I think a little more comfortable now that everything is trying to settle and kind of work its way out. So as the con season progresses, we shall see what happens next. I know this weekend is Philly Con, so mm, I haven't decided. I think I'm not going to go to Philly Con as much as I want to because I do love the food so much. But uh, I think I think I'm going to take the weekend off. I think I need it after a month and a half of straight events, cons, and whatnot. There is also I went to an event last night, which was oh, it was so good. It was like um, it it, w- it was to benefit the Ukraine. So there was fundraising and everything going on. And there is a video that we shot for it that will be coming out uh, that Vadim did, and it is uh, a, a sushi skills contest. 
and it's it's as it's as amazing as it sounds. That's right. And I know I had you as soon as I said sushi. These guys are spectacular. So they bring in these sushi chefs, and I don't say that fast, and they show off their knife skills, and there are certain things that the judges were looking for. It was it was a spectacular time, and uh, the video will be up soon. As soon as Vadim finishes editing it out, we will be sure to get it up because it was a glorious night, and a lot of money was raised to help the uh, to benefit the Ukraine. And these guys also butchered a, a pig. I mean, it was a bad day for Wilbur, let me tell you, because they they evidently had a pig roast, brought him in, and then they showed how to how to butcher up a pig. It was it was a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> just just Wilbur sitting there looking at you. The rest of them, yeah, you got it. Now you got the visual. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so that was what happened. But this rest of this week will probably be kind of uh, a little lazy, a little relaxing for the Smurf, which gives me plenty of time to catch up on the rest of uh, the series and shows and movies and everything else. Speaking of movies, things that landed, Morbius, which uh, we'll probably have a meat and potatoes this week on, uh, is receiving a lot of mixed results. I don't know. I'm not okay. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I I, I had like a sneak peek on it, and um, my initial reaction, meh. I never have been a Morbius fan. I don't think there's anything, I don't want to say redeemable about the character, but you're, you're, there's so many better Spidey villains to do a film on that it just I'm sure there's more to it but the initial reactions have not been very positive and I just feel bad that Jared Leto has just kind of become the staple for villains in films lately I think you're gonna just stretch that man too thin and then you know then what so Morbius I'm sure there are other connections, but I know it is leading up to the Sinister Six somehow, and I know Michael Keaton does make an appearance in the film. Does that redeem it? Not necessarily. But it does give it hope for the future. I am more inclined with this going towards, you know, the Midnight Suns, bringing Ghost Rider back. We have Blade on deck. So there, there, there are some... There are some positives. There are some things that are looking up, and maybe this is just setting things up. But I'm tired of the setup. I want a payoff. I want to. I want to see something. You know, you're telling me everything, and you're showing me nothing. Give me something that that I like. I don't think Morbius really is strong enough to carry a film in the first place. I I, I didn't care for his story in Spider Man. I didn't care for his revamp later on in in the early '90s when they did do the Midnight Suns. It was just kind of want want because they don't want to cross lines. They don't want to they don't want to take the character to too extreme or too dark. Even though he, he's the living vampire, eh? Pick your pick your poisons, in my opinion, but. We shall see. The Meat and Potatoes review will be out, spoiler-free, of course, and my my take, of course, is always as spoiler-free as humanly possible. But let me know what you thought, if you have seen it already, because uh, a lot of people have told me mixed. it's a really mixed bag on this one. So uh, the Spidey fans are kind of lukewarm. Some comic book fans absolutely detest it. And I think a lot of the ones that are just kind of being introduced to the character are okay. So let me know your thoughts. I'm very curious to hear them. Also, speaking of uh, shows and everything going on, uh, Picard, which is now well into its its 
length, I guess. We're up to, what, episode four or five? And it's very interesting. Here's my take on Picard so far. I'm I'm not sold. I like the characters. But here's the problem that we suffer when we're dealing with a lot of unknown quantities. We have characters that we're familiar with that we love and we, we're anxious to see, but we don't know these other guys well enough that when we go over to, you know, a mirror darkly, that they're going to change a whole lot because we don't really have a whole lot of background or establishing character development at all. Seven of Nine has been amazing, of course, and Patrick Stewart as Picard delivers... Uh, as good a performance as he did in Next Generation. And I worry about Picard, and I mentioned this, or Patrick Stewart, that he just he doesn't seem to be moving around as good and his speech seems a bit slurred or, you know, just is a little off. I don't know. I'm worried I'm worried about Patrick Stewart. I really am. There just seems to be something off. And I can't put my finger on it, but uh, maybe it's just me. Anyway, about Picard I love Q. Q is on point. Absolutely. John DeLance, spot on. Missed him. Love him. But I'm really kind of annoyed at Star Trek as a whole. Susie and I were talking about this just the other day, and Vadim was also in on the conversation, that it seems that Star Trek is falling into the same pattern. It's either one of two stories. Major, cataclysmic, cosmic you know, reaction, force, whatever, you know, have you, or time travel. There's there's no real, like, I don't know, just no originality. It's lazy writing. I mean, we were th- we were talking about it, that every time we turn around, it's either, you know, a time travel story or, you know, they bring them back to our time time period or slingshot to the forward. But it's always time travel is one of the groundings for the plot or the story and i mean i don't mind the mirror verse the mirror verse would be is is fun i like that aspect a lot another dimension and all that where things are not exactly as they appear but also i think they've gone to that well maybe one too many times time travel as a whole i know as soon as time travel shows up red's out she she has nothing to do with it at this point and i can't say that i i blame her but it just see it's such a crutch. It's such a cheap tool these days, and it only seems to be the driving point for Star Trek. There's so many other things. And, in fact, Susie and I were talking about it, and I mentioned it before. I would love to see the Changelings come back. I know they had their asses handed to them, and now they're probably, you know, living life out in a bucket or wherever on their little planet is a nice, happy little lake of feelings. And the Dominion are wherever, however that story ends up. But there, there are so many other things. There's so many other galaxies. There's so many other characters. Even like, you know, the Delta Quadrant. What's been going on over there? I mean, I know we get the Borg, and the Borg seem to be like the new villains because they can't mess with the Klingons. And the Romulans now are... I, I, I don't even know what, what the deal is with the Romulans since they're still kind of Vulcans, but they're warlike. And there's just so many weird things going on that I think... They're missing the the bigger opportunity to tell us great stories, like an enterprise where we had this awesome opportunity to lay in like the groundwork for all of these different civilizations, things that happened in our time that you could explain. But when does it ends up happening? We end up traveling in time again. <laughs> 
It's a horrible, it's a horrible repeat over and over and over. And Picard is of no, he's just as guilty of this. So they go into an alternate dimension where then you have to go back in time to fix the alternate dimension. And it's just, you, you, you get cross-eyed just trying to think it all the way through. And the paradoxes, of course, that ensue. <sighs> I'm tired just talking about it. But here's the thing. We have one more season left to Picard. They did say that they're going to do a third season, and they have dropped, like, basically everybody is coming back for season three. We're going to see the entire, I think, the Next Generation crew make an appearance. I think they're just going to go out with one big bang, wrap everything up, and call it call it done. I don't know what's going to happen for Strange New Worlds. The, the trailers that I've seen for that look they look enticing. They look good, but I, I give it, mm, what, maybe four or five episodes before we see time travel? <laughs> or a trip to the mirrorverse? Maybe I'm wrong. Who's to say? But that's just that's just my best guess. What else? Oh, so finally catching up. And I haven't said anything on this because... There's been a lot going on, and I'm, I've been playing catch-up. But The Walking Dead, I know everyone is, is, is on the outs with the show, and I, you know, just kind of laugh about the stormtroopers now that have shown up in the, the series. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But we are finally coming down to the final couple of episodes for The Walking Dead. April 10th is the next uh, show and I think it then all wraps up right after that so uh, who's to say how this ends but I will give you my my complete and full attention and take on The Walking Dead let you guys know what what I thought what I think and just all in all what's been going on I don't know if you want to miss out on this and I know a lot of Walking Dead fans that had given up on the show have returned just to see how they how they wrap it up and I'm right there with you I really want to see how they they tidy this up if they even come close to finishing it close to the comic so there's a lot of lot of things going on but um who's who's to say it's eh, eh. what I've seen so far. I'm not a fan of. There's been some fun developments, but there's still there's still just stupidity. Come on, at this point, you guys should know what what to do and all of that. But eh, we'll see. I'll let you guys know my final thoughts on The Walking Dead after the final episode airs and uh, on uh, AMC. What else is going on locally? Uh, do check out our friends over at Serenity Forge, who have been hard at work during the mon- month of March. They've got a whole new shop set up with some new items in there that you're going to want to check out. They also have news about their new titles and video games that they're working with. So go over and check out Serenity Forge to stay up to date. Also, the uh, dates for... 
Fort Collins Comic Con just got added. Uh, actually, this was kind of coming out of Wicked West Expo. They had kind of hinted at it, but it is official. There is a event on Facebook, so that absolutely makes it official. August 27th through the 28th, there is an event on 5280 Geeks page, so you can go and check it out. And no guest announcements or anything like that, but we do have a date, and the Fort Collins Comic Con is coming back. Which is amazing. In comic book news, if there's one title that you probably want to pick up, which will be at the end of this month, I think it said April 24th is the release date, it looks like they're going to kill the Justice League again. Justice League 75 looks to kill off all of the major Justice League characters right now, leaving a bit of a power vacuum. Uh, the story reads as they go off into space to fight insurmountable odds and do not return victorious. And I guess it creates quite the stir. This will also be leading into the summer title and major story arc as everyone adjusts to losing the Justice League. Only one member of the League returns to inform everybody what happened. And it's anyone's guess who that might be. So we'll we'll see, but contact your local comic book stores now because I'm sure that there will be a run on this and a plethora of various covers because that's what they do. And actually, this looks kind of fun. I've been reading the story. Black Adam was part of the Justice League, so in my mind, that's just brilliant. I love that idea. And it's been a fun read seeing him clash with just about every single member of the Justice League. But it works. It really does. Black Adam as a, a leaguer is it's just so good. Let's see. I think that's about all of it for local, leaving us my reactions, not my take, mind you, but my initial reactions to the first episode of Moon Knight that's now on Disney+. Plus. The second episode will be up tomorrow. Uh, we had kind of, I want, eh, I want to say it's kind of like a watch party, but it's not. Everybody in the studio got together to sit and watch the initial episode. Susie, myself, Tawan got down to the nitty-gritty, shut the studio down, and just sat here in darkened silence as we, we devoured Moon Knight. There are some things that I they did which I expected. The whole him blacking out and waking up and finding things not as they were is exactly what I thought they were going to do. However, how they did it is very compelling. I enjoyed the the mystery of it all. I enjoyed how they they approached the multiple personalities that are within the character, uh, especially with you know when you're dealing with Mark Spector and and everything that goes on in that that really disjointed brain. So how they built this and there's so many components that I'm very excited to see how they develop, if they develop them. My bad reaction, my knee-jerk reaction is that, like most Marvel projects, are starting to now reflect like the comics. They start strong, but they kind of limp to the finish. And it's... Nothing against, you know, Marvel, and I'm not trying to naysay against the the series or, you know, any any one particular thing. Because 
I was with Hawkeye up to a point, and then I'm just like, okay, well, it's, again, the same gags, the same thing as we have seen before, and they just kind of go back to the, the same well with just different characters. What I like to see and what I did see was a complex character that is suffering from some very interesting uh, ailments, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Not to mention just even the set, the camera work, the the background, everything that they did to put this first episode, and I'm hoping the series maintains this quality, is is immense and it is amazing to see because they really they really put a lot into this and i'm excited to see that that's the aspect and the the allure of disney plus doing these sequences not that they didn't you know skip out on the budget for hawkeye we finally got the trick arrows at the end and there are a lot of things that were good but also wrong with hawkeye in my opinion because yes i wanted more clint and we didn't get what I wanted. And I'm not going to be upset about that. It's obviously the natural progression. I just wish they had approached it differently. Now, with Moon Knight, we are getting a very interesting approach to the character that does stem from the comics. Now, Moon Knight's first appearance, Werewolf by Night, number 32, does kind of allude to a lot of different things. And if you've never read it, pick it up. It's, well, <laughs> at least pick up a a trade or something along those lines because I'm sure the first appearance, even though I haven't checked on eBay, is probably going for a pretty penny at this point. But I know that it has been reprinted in trade paperback, and if you visit over to Marvel, I am sure that is in digital format. There are some cool aspects to the character, and I know I often refer to Moon Knight as the poor man's Batman, but there are some very cool aspects to the character. I did like it when we had Marvel Knights going, and he was kind of the backer behind it because all of a sudden Mark Spector had a buttload of money, didn't know what to do with it, and was just too tired, broken, and uninterested in being a hero any further. And that's fine. I wish they would have continued that storyline, honestly, because I was really compelled, and you have the Punisher and Daredevil working together, you know, to solve mysteries and fight crime and are just at each other's throats as much as the villains. How this sets up Young Avengers is a very good question, but I think this is more of a focus towards, and I had said it earlier, Midnight Suns. I can see Moon Knight being more of a crucial piece and component to the Midnight Suns than Morbius at this point. And maybe we will see some monsters to show up along the way to create another aspect or at least a different avenue than anyone is kind of expecting because if the one thing marvel has been able to do successfully it's to keep the fans guessing we don't know what to expect we don't know what's coming and we know it's going to be something that will like mostly sometimes hard to say but from episode one there are some things that stand out to me the complexity of the character is there and i love that if they continue with this blackout wake up kind of ex ex exercise it's going to wear thin on me however for the first episode very well done very complete and and builds the suspense very very well cuz you you're you're thrown into the middle of a story that you're not exactly sure of there's something that's been going on that we have to piece together which i'm absolutely fine 
fine for. They're not brightening it up. They're not force-feeding it to us, and there is some mystery to be solved. There's a story here, and we're going to discover it together, and I like that. I like that aspect of it, so continue on that. Don't leave, you know, the details are important. (laughs) What would Jack Reacher do? The details are important. Exactly that. So, if we continue on this on this road, I know there's more characters to be introduced. I know there's more to come, but I also love the component of the museum. Everything that is going on in the background and just the immersion into the Moon Knight world. If this is just the tip and there's they're going to expand on this, which I hope they do and I'm sure they will, there there's a lot more that will go on visually than I think anybody expects to see in a regular series for Disney Plus. Because, I mean, as entertaining as Hawkeye was, it, it, it was, you know, still kind of grounded. It was still not as, I don't know, mind blowing as far as backgrounds and pictures and whatnot. Falcon and Winter Soldier was entertaining. But again, you know, it was more building on kind of the characters and dialogue and different situational. Uh, events. Whereas Moon Knight has this whole immersive world going on behind it and it's enveloping the character. And, and it's something that they haven't done for a series. And I'm very excited to see them do this. And I hope they see it all the way through. And and they're, they're brave enough and they're strong enough to hold to it. Because as soon as they waver, you bet your ass I'm going to jump on it. <laughs> I, know, I know I should be nicer, but I, I just... If you're going to do this character justice, commit. That's all I'm saying. And it looks like they have committed. There are some questions. I Hopefully we'll get some answers. We'll see what happens for episode two tomorrow, which I'm, I'm very anxious and excited to see. We, we've already got our, our, our plan of how we're going to watch it and when we're going to watch it. So the studio, again, will be shut down as we huddle together in the darkness to watch Moon Knight. So that's my reaction for episode one. I'm sure when we get Susie back on, there will be a whole back and forth because I'm sure her take will be just as informative and as bright as mine. In fact, she'll probably bring some stuff that I I didn't see, which, you know, she usually does. That's why we keep her around. Uh, What else? That's kind of about it. I'm I'm not going to comment too much on the Halo thing right now because I'm still pissed off about him taking his helmet off. I really am. It just... Just pissed me right the hell off. There are some great elements to it. I mean, the sound effects, like I said, the soundtrack is great. Uh, the, the special effects are good. It really kind of has a Star Wars-y, clicky feel to it. But I'm happy that we're on Reach. And and I know this is going to sound morose and very twisted as I'm forming the sentence in my head right now. But I really hope we get to see the fall of Reach. I think that would be spectacular. It's the best game ever. But uh, that's, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. That sums up this week. And on that bombshell, I shall say goodbye. Give us a like. Give us a share. Let your friends know about us. Don't forget to send me your questions. And maybe I'll send you a no prize. That's right. The the return of the no prize. (laughs) But until then, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.